Howdy, howdy, do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 229. Oh, yeah. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy do, Who fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you've all managed to do something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. Related, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 229. Yes, indeedy. What we're going to do for the big 230. 230? <laughs> 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 Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Just having a look to see what episode we'll be doing then. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, no, maybe maybe something for two fifty. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Could maybe. do something for That'd that. Be cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys have all had a good week. As I said, um, you've managed to do something, whether you've cracked open your DVDs or your Blu-rays or whatever. Uh, coming up in today's show, we're a bit light on news and merch as always this time of year between uh, new Doctor Who stuff, uh, but we have got a couple of cool bits to go through, and then on to our review of "They Keep Killing Susie." E from Torchwood. Torchwood, yeah, still on series one. Yeah, we're still going through S- series one. Series one, we must be halfway through it at least now. Yeah, well, we might be getting near the end. It's episode eight, isn't it? So I don't know. I can't remember how many episodes there are in series one, but we must be getting there. We must be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They keep killing Susie. Is in fact number eight. So there's thirteen. Oh, is there? So. Well, we've got six left. Five left. Five, Five. left? Yeah. Oh, gosh, right. I thought we'd got like two left. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, we'll be on to series two soon. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah, series one and two have both got 13 eps. 
And then series three is the little five-parter, Children of Earth thing. Oh, yes. Yep. And then they trimmed it down a bit for Miracle Day. That's 10 episodes. <clears throat> yeah, see, Miracle Day, I always think in, in my head, Miracle Day, I've always got it down as like a 25-episode slog. <laughs> so I'm always <laughs> surprised uh, when it's only like 10 episodes because I don't think I ever made it to the end. No? I'm not sure. I can't remember now. I really struggled with that one when it was on TV. Um I remember liking it when it started, but I don't remember if I ever got through to the end. I'm sure I'm sure the completest in me will have forced myself to get to the end. So be interested when we come to that. It was a long, long time ago that I, I watched that. I'm really hoping my opinions changed on it, to be honest. <laughs> but we'll we'll see when we when we eventually get to that. We'll be about ninety-five by the time we get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, because it's just um, cause it's like a, a full-blown series, and I think the Sarah Jane yeah. adventures are a lot less in episode number, so. Mm. It's not too bad, but yeah, yeah. It's all good though. Have you been up to anything, buddy, since we last recorded last week? Mm, yes, yes, I have actually. I've had a really cracking um, bank holiday weekend. Um, it's been sunny, which is very unusual Yay. for the UK. Normally bank holidays, it's the big old cloud, the bank holiday cloud drifts over and drenches us all. But no, we've had an absolutely cracking uh, sunny bank holiday weekend. Um, and I went up to Phantom in Chiswick. Uh, there weren't, I looked at the guests and I was like, no, they're not really, William Russell was there. I thought, oh, well, I'd like to meet him again. Um, and there was a couple other people, but I kind of thought it was just such a nice day. And I love, you know, you've been there and I just love it when we're all sat out the back of that event. So it's done in this little church hall and you can just sit out the back. And if it's sunny, it's great. Cause you just sit there and chat mm. Doctor Who. And I just thought, I just fancied going for the you know, for the meetup, really. So I did that and um, had a cracking day. Um, we were sat in the sunshine chatting, all things Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, and I met, I only met two guests. Uh, William Russell, sadly, was ill, so he didn't make it. Uh, but that's fine. I've met him before, but, you know, I would like to have seen him. <laughs> so I met a, I met a tet trap. <laughs> Not just any old tet trap, though. I met Yorak himself. Nice, um, nice. Now, you, now people are already thinking, why, why? I, you know I love Time the Rani. And I, I remember when we reviewed it saying, like, Yorak was a cool character. I remember we both said that because we were sort of like under all that costume and stuff. So um, Richard Gauntlet is the guy that was under the suit. Oh, okay. And he was there. Um, and I actually spoke to him a bit about the podcast. I was talking about the story and I said to him that we both said, you know, it was amazing he managed to give such a, a rounded character underneath all that <laughs> costume. And he was like, oh, that costume. He said, he said, considering the amount of eyes that are on the ha on the mask, mm -hmm. he said, the, I couldn't see a thing. He said it was quite <laughs> ironic because I think he had to look out of the mouth or something. I can't remember. But so he was very cool. And the only other guest I met was um, the Melka from Keeper of Tarkin. Oh, nice. So yeah. again, a slightly strange choice, but because I that's such an iconic thing for me. It's one of the first things I ever remember seeing from Doctor Who was, is the Melka. And I, I just thought it'd be really cool to have a signed picture of it. But it wasn't until... I actually got there that I realized that I knew the actor that was inside it. <laughs> so I've never realized this before. So I'm sat out the, out the back chatting to people waiting for it to kind of start because they let you in to register and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just chatting away thinking, oh yeah, they'll start signing in 10 minutes. And I look to my right and there's a, an actor that I recognize straight away that was in the bill for years. <laughs> he was like one of the main policemen in the, in the TV series, the bill. And I was like, oh, what's he doing here? Didn't realize he was here. Uh, anyway, didn't think anything more of it. And um, I get to the table to meet the Melker, and it's him. <laughs> and uh, the actor's name's Graham Cole. Okay. Um, and he played uh, Tony Stamp, uh, I think it was, <laughs> in the bill. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you see him, 
you would instantly recognise him, even if the name doesn't ring a bell. You'd be like, oh, him. But I had no idea that he was the Melker. So that was cool. And uh, he was really friendly as well. We had a good old chat. And he also said what an unbelievably uncomfortable costume it was. Um, I actually got him to sign two pictures. I got one of the Melker statue. And then they had another black and white picture of him actually getting into the suit. Okay. And he, he looks in absolute agony. It's like the cameraman's just caught him at the exact moment when he seems to be going, ah, because he's sort of <laughs> pulling this really awkward. So I got him to sign that as well. But So that was pretty cool. And then after that, um, I met her with our good friend Adam, the ultimate Hoovian. Oh, yeah. And um, we took a wander to the Remembrance of the Daleks location, but not the one that me and you have been to. Um, the school that was used and where the TARDIS lands is like a couple of tube stops from Chiswick. So we thought, sunny day, let's go down and have a look at that. Because mm. one of my friends who was at the event said he'd been to the school and they'd let him go in and take lots of pictures of the classroom that was used and all that. So we got there and um, the school was all shut because it was a Saturday and we couldn't get in. <laughs> so we took a picture of the outside. But we did get a very cool picture of where the TARDIS lands. I don't know if you can remember it. It's sort of opposite the school. There's like this funny little alleyway track thing and we took some pictures there yeah, so that so. was yeah that was cool so it's just it just i don't know it hasn't changed obviously any of that so it's very cool to just sort of step onto that street uh in hammersmith and just feel like you know a dalek might come around the corner at any minute and stuff so that was all really cool so yeah that was my that was my back holiday weekend I, I was just in my element oh nearly forgot we also <laughs> topped off the day um adam had seen on twitter there was a pub in covent garden that the doorway to the pub is, is is painted like a TARDIS. So obviously ah. we go and have a quick look in FP because it's, you know, it's, it's how we always round off the day and it's to go FP. So we have a quick look in FP, didn't get anything. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, we could go to that pub in Covent Garden with the TARDIS. It's like perfect end to the day. So that's what we did. Went and found it and met up with a couple of, bumped into a couple of the guys from Phantom that we were chatting to. They come and joined us and we had a pint in this pub. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It's oh Bow Street, I think Bow Street Tavern. I don't know. It's in, the, in near Covent Garden, and if you t- if you Google Tardis Pub Covent Garden, I think it comes up. And that was very cool. And it was just a doorway, and it was actually a really friendly pub. And we managed to get a seat, which is unbelievable on a Saturday in a pub in London. Okay. <laughs> so that was just a great end to the day. And I was trying to take loads of pictures of the doorway, and the people sat in front of it were sort of looking at me like thinking, "Why are you taking pictures of us?" And I was like, "No, no, the." The door. I'm taking a picture of the door. They were like, oh, right, right. I can like see it online, up. mate. Yeah, you got it. Yep. Is it called the Bow Street Tavern That's or something like that? Yep. Yeah, Bow Street Tavern. Yeah, very cool pub. Very friendly staff. Again, unusual for a London pub. <laughs> Normally they look like they don't want to be there. Really, really pleasant staff. Um, and, a, and a nice pub. And it's got a cool TARDIS doorway. So, yeah, that was just the perfect end to the day. It was brilliant. Oh, that sounds awesome, mate. And you can't go wrong going into a pub with a TARDIS. Thing no, doorway. that's just awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so I'll definitely go by that. We're, me and you'll have to go for a, a cheeky one there at some point. So easy to get to as well. A cheeky one, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Of course, my color blindness as well. I kept saying, Is the doors green? And they're like, No, that's <laughs> blue. I'm like, Is it? It did look green, it looked like a sort of um, naval, navy green to me. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'm assured it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I can tell you it is, it's definitely blue. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. Yeah. Yes. So that was very cool. So that's, that's been my weekend. I was still on a bit of a high from it, really. It was just such a cool... It was one of those spontaneous as well, because I literally decided on Saturday morning, 
um, to go because I'm about sounding like an old man. My back's been really bad recently uh, to the point where I've found it hard to walk. And so I was I'm like, I'm just, back. I can't go yeah, out with this bleeding Give me back a stick. The- yeah. Oh, I feel like, yeah, I've been in agony. So I was just like, I'm going to decide to see how I feel on the day. So it was kind of like woke up. I thought, yeah, my legs are working. Let's get out in that sunshine. <laughs> I'm so glad I did. It was a brilliant day. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Really, mate. Yeah. It was cool. It was good. And as I said, it's always good when the sun's shining. It makes everything seem so much better. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other thing I've been doing, I've been a bit naughty, been a bit naughty. Oh, we well, go. you know, I've been watching that blooming Dalek Master Plan vinyl <laughs> on, on Amazon. I really wanted the orange splatter one but that that's gone up in price so it's gone up to about 101 and i was thinking no <laughs> not paying that but the standard blue vinyl with the tardis etching <laughs> has dropped from 99 to 66 oh which is quite a reduction still expensive yeah. but quite a reduction so i must have watched that youtube video of um john colshaw unboxing it on the dot two channel about a thousand times trying to decide, oh, I really want the orange splatter, but let me just watch him unbox the blue one again. <laughs> oh, it does look nice, and it's, you know, 30 quid off, and, oh, it just looks so good. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get it. So I, I, I purchased it. Of course. Um, yeah. And it arrived super quick. I mean, I literally arrived the next day. I don't, I've never known, normally Amazon are dreadful mm-hmm. with deliveries. Um, I couldn't believe it. It said it was arriving Saturday. I thought, yeah, okay. And then it changed to his r- arriving tomorrow. Oh, that's all right then. And then it changed to uh, your parcel will, will be arriving today. Like literally in the space of about an hour, it changed three times. It's like, what? How is that possible? And it literally turned up on my door yesterday. So absolutely amazing. And it is beautiful. I, I don't regret buying it at all. I was worried I was going to get it and think, no, oh, I really wanted the orange. And <laughs> But it's 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 lovely. I'll, I'll blast some pictures up on Facebook. It is just, it's one of those things. And you know, every now and again, you get something and it's just... I you do. just look yeah. at it and you're like, oh, I don't regret it for a minute. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, sounds yeah, awesome. Absolutely beautiful. So that's me. So I've got to start. I don't leave the house for a month now. I've got to stay in and not spend any money, not do anything. But it's uh, it's been worth it. I've had such a good last couple of days. It's been awesome. The sacrifice, eh? Yes, yes. That's it. Being on crumb for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Little knob of cheese <laughs> here and there. Yes, um, yeah. Orange segment. Yeah. Dairy triangle to last me. The, <laughs> no, it's honestly, mate, it's gorgeous. I really think, I really recommend getting it. It's lovely. I just, I keep checking the price. I keep doing that thing now of checking because I kept thinking they can't go any lower than that. I've been, I mean, I've been watching this for weeks. It, it's just, that's the lowest I've seen it. And I just thought, do you know what? Get it. Because that's going to jump back up to like 70, probably 70, 80 yeah. at least. Yeah. So. Naughty but nice. Naughty but good times. Very naughty. Yeah. So that's oh. been me, mate. That's what I've been up to. Yeah. Well, I've uh, uh, paled in comparison to you oh. as usual. Yeah. Uh, I've had a very quiet week. The only thing I've done really is had a good old look at the shelves because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind. You know, when you you're doing sports day and you're about to do your hundred meters or your race, whatever, and you're on the start line. Mm. That's what it feels like mm. at the minute with our house move. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. It yeah. feels like we're we're because uh, we're we're moving house. Hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, um, but we're just paper chasing and people chasing at the moment. So mm-hmm. we don't want to start packing everything away if they turn around and say you're going to be in your house for another month, or whatever. So we are kind of ready to go. But the thing with packing, I suppose, I don't want to bore everyone with this, but you mm-hmm. kind of need to pack away like the non-essentials and. And then just gradually do it. But 
I was looking at the shelves the other day and I've started to have a little bit of a clear out of the old merch. Yes, I know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think um, the Funko Pops have had their day, mate. Oh, no. Yeah. But how are we going to make the movie without them? How are we going to film the scenes of you drowning under them all? <laughs> just just a thumb going down, s- surrounded by Funkos. Oh. Yeah, so it's, um, do you know what, I just don't, I've just gone off them massively. You know, know that over the past. You know. I know, yeah. You know, so uh, so I've I've got a load of those aside. I still need to find out if I can, if they're worth anything. I've got a couple of the rare ones. I can maybe stick them on eBay or something. But yeah, uh, otherwise I'm going to send them off to the better homes than the mine where they're just going to collect dust and all the rest of it. So I'm just having a clear out really. There's a load of books, a load of uh, Doctor Who books that I've not read, got no intention of reading. They're going to go to the charity shop, I suppose. And Oh, really? So yeah, just streamlining and... You know, getting oh. it ready. So uh, that's all I've been doing is literally just going through and having a preliminary look at stuff that needs to get the chop or is going to be packed and stuff like that. It's a good exercise to to clear out your stuff, I suppose. It's, it's, it's something I'm not very good at, as you know. <laughs> but when you do do it, it does feel good, doesn't it? Very much so. Like when yeah. I've been absolutely forced to get rid of sort of boxes and, you know, like, why do you need the box? Oh, in case I put the figure back in it. And when <laughs> you finally are forced to sort of have a clear out or get rid of stuff. Like there was a time I had a few sort of two of things. I'd bought two of the same thing and, you know, I got rid of them on eBay and stuff and I had a little shop going and it does feel good to have a clear out actually. Mm-hmm. It you, does. you do feel like you're freeing stuff up. Yeah. Surprised you get rid of your books though. I thought you'd, you'd kept them. What if you want to read them? Or are they ones that you just think, no, nah, I'm not going to? Uh, well, they're either ones that um, we got sent for review or oh, right. they're ones that I picked up at conventions just on a whim and, mm. you know, things like that. So, I mean, I'm keeping most of them, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. there's only a few, but yeah, it does feel good though once you've had a bit of a spring clean. and The TARDIS cookbook, that. is that? <laughs> uh, I can neither confirm or deny whether that <laughs> no. is going. Going on stage. Along with the yeah. paper dolls. Book. A Slovene cake. Oh, yeah. the paper doll. Oh, gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, so that's what we've been up to. Mm. Uh, shall we land a TARDIS and uh, get some news and merch done? Yes. The only bit of news today is San Diego Comic-Con, which is coming up rapidly. You could get your Doctor Who fan artwork plastered all over a bunch of T-shirts that will be sold at said event. Mm. So the BBC, I think it's BBC Studios who are doing this now. They always change their names, don't they, every couple of years? Yeah, uh, they do. Yeah. BBC <laughs> Studios have announced that there was a Doctor Who fan art competition, uh, which will uh, enable the, the winner to get their, um, or their, or, and the runners-up, I believe, uh, to get their artwork onto some limited edition Comic-Con uh, T-shirts, which will um, the BBC America booth at San Diego Comic-Con will be selling. Uh, which is kind of cool. So the competition is open to anybody. It's open until the 15th of May. So there's a few weeks left to get that. Um, the judges will um, announce one uh, winner or a grand prize winner. And then there'll be four runners up in uh, as well. So five in total. Uh, the prizes 
etc. will be for the grand prize winner. Uh, an exclusive Doctor Who themed weekend trip into London, uh, which will include a couple of nights over uh, stay at a hotel, uh, afternoon tea for two, uh, the Doctor Who escape room in Reading, just outside London, uh, an exclusive private screening of the fan favourite uh, of a fan favourite uh, Doctor Who episode. Uh, their artwork will be printed, as we said, on the limited edition run of T-shirts at San Diego Comic Con, and you'll also get a goodie bag. Uh, with a bunch of stuff in it, valued at just over £500. Wow, a goodie bag. I love the sound of that. A goodie bag. You don't get a goodie bag much these days, do you? No, you don't. No. Yes, and then the four runners-up, uh, you will get the same minus all the hotel and London-themed stuff. So you'll get your artwork on the limited run at Comic-Con too, and you'll get the goodie bag of just over 500 quid. Uh, so we'll put a link in the show notes where you can go and look at the specifications to see... Uh, what type of artwork is required in terms of dimensions and file sizes and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, the competition is open to uh, peeps in the UK, uh, most of the United States, Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and some others, and you have to be at least 18 years old, at the time of entry anyway. So that's important to know. You have to be at least 18. Uh, so what do you reckon, Birdie? Nice, good prizes. Um, I must mm. admit, I really want to do the Doctor Escape Room. I really, really want to do that. It's a bit pricey. I think it's about £30, probably might be more, um, unless you can get more people. I think the more people you get, the price goes down. But yeah, prizes are good. I know there's um, there's been a bit kicking off on Twitter about this because apparently in the terms and conditions, you kind of waver. The, whoever the winner is, they waver their rights to any, you know, um, to, to the artwork, basically. And I know a lot of artists are saying it's, bad that they won't get paid for it and stuff but you know like you said there's some good prizes so i don't really understand it but just do read the terms and conditions because i know a lot of people are unhappy about bits of it for for whatever reason so do do check it out before you enter but it does sound pretty cool like the sound of the prizes um special afternoon tea for two sounds nice <laughs> i can imagine me and you there tea for two like yep. the like the two grumpy guys in the muppets just sat there finger sandwiches can, and yeah <laughs> <laughs> little cup and saucer where's yeah. the TARDIS like smashing it on the wall where's the TARDIS where's thing <laughs> get him we in a, now we want a word <laughs> um, yeah no it sounds pretty good interesting to know what's in the goodie bag 500 pounds worth yeah It'll be sounds a million good million titan figures oh yeah a million river song <laughs> titan figures probably <laughs> yeah it'd be All pretty right. cool to have your artwork on a t-shirt but yeah yeah I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, you have to weigh up, you know. That, that, like, let's not get it twisted. This is a competition for you to enter with you based on the knowledge that your artwork will be handed over to the BBC. This is yeah. not This is not like a an artist sign-up or a contract where you get a percentage. So you have to know that going into it, right? If you're gonna, Exactly. If you're going to submit your artwork, you submit it to the BBC and they do what they want with it. Yeah. For, 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 they they, for they get all anyway. the money. Yeah. yeah. They get all the dosh. Yes. Is it Comic Con that normally get the? Is it the San Diego one that they normally get a trailer or an exclusive clip? Do you think, are we are we likely to get something for Caesar's Twelve at this or not? Or is no, it no, too no, soon? No, no. Well, oh, I can't imagine. I mean, they usually do a decent Doctor. Well, they have done in previous years. We get a really decent Doctor Who panel. Yeah. Um, and back in the day, they did some cool stuff. There was a Torchwood panel years ago, and everybody in the in the hall got a screening of like the. The, the premiere episode that wasn't meant to go out for months. Oh, right. And they did a similar one with Doctor Who the year after that. So they normally get a decent panel. And last year's Something. one was was good, wasn't it, with Jodie and Jibbers and 
Tyson oh, yeah. Cole, all those guys. That was fairly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's when does Comic Con go out? Because it just feels like it's a bit early. Bit too for soon. A trailer yeah. for me. Um, it does me as well. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when it goes. I know it's coming up though. When does it go out? Um, but anyway, in answer to your question about the escape rooms, um, it's thirty-three quid uh, if you've got up to three players. Or if you get four to six players, it goes down to 30 quid a person. Mm. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, Comic-Con is middle of July. So that feels way too early for them to be it putting does, out a trailer, yeah, does It does, yeah. Probably nearly yeah. a year off still, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It still feels so far away, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, we'll put a link in the show notes for the comp. If you want to enter that, then go for it. Good luck. And uh, yes, we will hopefully see one of our listeners' artwork knocking around on several mm. hundred t-shirts, which would be cool. That would be cool, yeah. That's going to do for for news. Shall we see our metal buddy? See what he's banging on about. <laughs> see what he's got. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Oh dear. What? <laughs> he's complaining. He's bored. Bored? Yeah. How can he be bored of all that merch? All that merch, he's swimming in it. Oh. Miserable, anyways. He's always got to moan about something. Every, every, do you know what? It's just an excuse to moan. That's all it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, the complete uh, season four, or series four, Steelbook, is on the way. They're still yeah. rolling with these. That's cool, because we, we'd heard rumours that they weren't doing any more, and series three didn't sell very well, and all this stuff. So throw that out the window. Throw that news it is, out because it room. is coming out. Yeah, it is indeed. The season, oh crikey, the series four hmm. steelbook, which it continues the run of recent steelbooks over the past what year, two years they've been doing these. Yeah, they are a bit slow getting these out. Yeah, <laughs> very spaced hmm. out, aren't they? Uh, the artwork on this one, uh, I'm happy to report, is actually pretty good. It's more in line with the first two that they brought out, really. Uh, it goes back to the orangey hues and all that vibe. Because uh, Series 2 was a bit of a departure, wasn't it? Sorry, Series 3. It went down the more purpley blue. They got someone yeah, else, I think, to do it. Someone else to do it, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if this is... Was it Lee Binding that did the first No, couple? no. Oh, sorry, yes, it's Lee Binding did the first two. I uh, don't know who did third. And this is uh, someone else again. Someone else again. But it's more in line with the first two, though. So, unfortunately for Series 3, that's looking like the ugly duckling. Which is a shame, because I love <laughs> Series 3. Yeah, depending on if they do Series 5, 6, blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyways, uh, it's coming in May. Right at the end of May, the 27th, you can order it now from the usual suspects, Amazon, Zoom, Zavi, all those guys. Um, if you want to order it from Zoom, and you're not yet a Zoom customer... Uh, you can use the code SIGNUP10 and you'll get 10% off. That's good. It's always nice, get a couple of quid off. Um, but yeah, Amazon, they're all doing the same price, which is £23.99. Yeah, it's reasonable. Which is not too bad. Uh, yeah. I don't mind double dipping, triple dipping. I think I've got, if I, I think I've got these series three times, including the steel <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. Um, what do you reckon to the artwork though? Because I quite like it, especially the back cover. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a vast improvement on on series three steelbook. That's for sure. Um, I, I like it. 
I think the artwork looks good. I mean, the only thing, and this is more, this is more an observation than a criticism. Oh. Is oh. no, no. It's just, it's just that they clearly, the artist <laughs> is clearly copying the binding style. Uh, you know, I assume intentionally, but it does just feel a little bit like, you, you know, so it looks like they've taken the criticism from series three and said to the artist, right, we want it more like the first two. Mm-hmm. And she thought, yeah, okay. Cause it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's not, you know, it's kind of like, it's very similar to Lee's style. I just can't help but think if Lee did it, it just would have been better, <laughs> but it still looks nice. I think it's a vast improvement on the last one. Um, but it just, it doesn't feel like it's in the artist's own style. I suppose I'm trying to say, but as I said, that's not a criticism because I'm think it fits in more with the other steel books. It's just more of an observation. It just feels like they've tried to, you know, do it in Lee binding style, if you like, with all the, stardust and stuff but yeah but i like it i think still i think the artwork's very nice yeah like the bad wolf tardis on the back and mm, davros sure. and stuff and yeah i think it looks good i'll, I'll definitely be getting it uh there is one thing to consider mm-hmm. which is my only hiccup with it and that is they've now swapped the logo oh i know so yeah. it's not going to look consistent on the shelf because the first three have got the older style logo on the spine and this one will have the new one. So it's a little nitpick, I realise that, but it's still, yeah. Yeah, it is a niggle. I know a lot of people are annoyed about that, but that, that's just happening across everything. And I think, you know, you're just going to get, you're just going to get angry about everything from now on if you, if you get hung up on that. I agree, it is annoying though. It, it does break the flow. Um, it, well, I was talking about that, about the Blu-ray box sets with someone on Saturday, actually. We were just saying how nice would those Blu-ray sets have looked if on the little card sleeve it had the the correct logo for the season, so you know you'd have Tom's Diamond logo oh, yeah, on some, and, yeah. and then McCoy's on the just you know even if they didn't want to put it on the blimmin actual box, those little <laughs> card sleeves that they pockets they fit in, you could mm-hmm. put it on there. But they're so stubborn at the BBC, they just no, it's the new logo, everything's rebranded, and they just won't they won't. There's no leeway at all, is they? Is there? Not it's, at all. It's yeah. this, or you know, it's this or the highway. Basically, I just wish they would just eased up a little bit, but they won't. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can see why they're doing that. Yeah, We've spoken about yeah. it when they first did it. We can see why they want to, to yeah, uh, consistify everything. Mm. And uh, but the the problem I have also is that the Doctor Who logos do go through phases. So I'm wondering in however many years' time, if Doctor Who is still going, say in, I don't know, 2024, 2025, the yeah. BBC gets <laughs> a new design director, oh. a new art director, and we end up having another new logo. But yeah. we're like three box sets out from the <laughs> from all of the special edition collector sets, you know? And now we'll and get it, the new logo on and those. And ha- it could happen. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It could so easily happen, I know. And we will get a new logo at some point. So it will... Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, so <laughs> which would be a nightmare. Yeah, my opinion on that is I can absolutely see why they want to have consistency across everything they're putting out. However, my preference would be, like you just said, is to have the logo of the time on that product. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be. It amazing. makes sense. Yeah, to be honest, and also it it, it kind of gets them out of trouble. So if they do change the logo then then it doesn't really affect it because they'll just use the logo that's relevant to that time period. Exactly. Yeah. So they kind of would be doing themselves a favour, but uh, they've they've already kind of shot themselves in the foot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it does it looks good on the spine, but yeah, it will mess up your 
your flow on the shelf for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sophie Cowdery uh, was the artist for this. There you go. Release. And it's kind of it's remarkable, really, because Sophie is actually just. Um, I say just. That's very disrespectful. Uh, she's uh, she's an art department assistant. Um, for uh, ITV and BBC Books and so on, and BBC Studios. So she's not like a full-blown, you know, well-known Lee Binding type of artist. Mm. Um, however, her style is very, very nice. That if you go onto her website or a Twitter account, she's done a ton of um, uh, a, a ton of uh, Doctor Who artwork, especially. I think she did the artwork for the women who lived. Oh, I thought that was Lee Binding. Mm. Oh, no, it might be her. Yeah, 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 yeah. you might be right, yeah. Yeah, so she's done a ton of stuff. And like I said, um, I use that term quote-unquote non-disrespectfully when because her own description of herself is she is an art department assistant. Mm-hmm. So for her to have, you know, something going out by the BBC to thousands of Doctor Who fans is amazing. So, yeah, yeah Sophie Caldry. There we go. Here we go. Right, in other merch news, uh, canine. <laughs> Can you ever have too many canines? Uh, which is actually the tagline. No, you can't, <laughs> is the answer to that. <laughs> you can never have too, too many. many canines. Too many canines. So, Eagle Moss, who do those magazines with the little figures at the front that I often pick up, they occasionally do special editions and then occasionally they do mega editions. And they've done a mega, mega canine Mark I model. Uh, he's pretty big. I don't know how big he is, but he's big because <laughs> I haven't got the dimensions it is. But he's not full size, but he's he's nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a so he's a big one, um, and uh, he's been out a little while. But they've they've reduced him now. So if you go onto uh, shop.eaglemoss.com, um, you can get him. I think he was about one hundred and four to one hundred and fifty quid to begin with. He's dropped down to one hundred and nine at the minute if you get him from Eagle Moss, and you can get a further fifteen percent off him with the code DALEK15. So that'll bring him down nicely in price. And uh, I've, I've seen the real thing. I can confirm he does look good. Um, they've got him in Forbidden Planet in London, actually, in one of the little display cabinets. Because <laughs> every time I go in, I have a little look at him. Um, <laughs> I just can't can't really afford him. But yeah, he does look pretty good. He's a big old chunk of canine. It says on the description, the tail and ears and gun are all separate parts. He comes in a sturdy box, limited edition numbered certificate, and collector's magazine are all part of the packaging. It said, um, <laughs> where's that bit about? Um, we think it's good value when compared with other past and present figure range. It's not a mass product plastic model. It's one big chunk of canine, it says on the description. One <laughs> big chunk of canine. Um, so, yeah, he's very cool. If you, if you fancy him, as I said, use that discount code. Um, it's a decent price. He's a big, big old figure. Um I am slightly tempted. I'm going to be good and not get him <laughs> yet. For now. Yeah, for now. For now. Might put him on the birthday wish list. But yeah, he's very nice. I like the Mark one as well with a slightly different color panel on the side. And um, and I do agree with the description. You can never have too many canines. I, I, would, <laughs> I would genuinely love to have this. But uh, don't know. Yeah, a bit expensive for me at the minute, but you know, worth worth a look if you if you're tempted, go and have a little look. And I'd love to know if anyone's ordered from Eagle Moss recently. I would genuinely love to know what their customer service is like now because I haven't ordered from them for years because I had such bad experience with them um, that I just swore I'd never order from them again. But I think they may have improved slightly. <laughs> so I'd love to know how how people are getting on with them these days because. Um, 
they're the only people that have got the little fourth doctor console. Oh, that's right. Yes. At the minute, I ordered it from FP, but they never got any stock of it. And I, I really wanted that little thing. That was, again, that's about a year ago that came out. So I'm, I'm tempted to risk ordering from Eagle Moss. So if anyone does order from them, I'd love to know how they found them because they would, they were just abysmal when I ordered from them in the past. But uh, I, I believe they've improved. <laughs> they certainly can't have got any worse. So, yeah, <laughs> if anyone's listening and they do order from them, please do let me know because I'd, I'd like to order that little console from them but um i just don't want to give them my money to wait months for them to tell me they haven't actually got any and then for them to send it in a box surrounded by a piece of string which is what happened (laughs) a few times in the past yeah yeah little cable ties with the box half hanging open and just awful awful service but anyway i that was years ago i don't know they could be good now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so on the egomos website it's 110 quid when you add on your three quid delivery 113 uh, minus your fifteen percent, you get it for ninety six quid, basically. Not bad, not bad for so a big old bad. chunk of canine. Yeah, have you got room on your shelf now? You've cleared it. Would you be tempted to get one? <laughs> um, I'm not that big a canine fan, unfortunately. Oh. That I pay nearly a hundred pounds for for no. it. No, um, but I, I imagine there would be plenty of people who who would order it now that it's come down in price yeah. of it. Plus, you get a bit more off. So, um, yeah, yes, shop.eaglemoss.com, and you'll find it on there. So that's K9. That's it. That's, that's it for it. merch. <laughs> that's that's it. your lot. That's what you That's lot. your lot. <laughs> right, review time, buddy. Yeah. What we got? So back to Torchwood, series one, episode eight. They keep killing Susie. Now these people are paying the price. Ripped apart with your name written in their own blood. It brings people back to life. We just question the murder victims. <laughs> Uh, we're in trouble. There's got to be a link between the victims. Find the link, find the killer. It's time Susie came back. We've been talking to the wrong corpse. Slow mo walk to camera. Slow mo walk to camera in my glasses in the sunshine. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah, the little oh, slow down dear. and then the, the speed up. Slow down. Yeah. yeah. Don't they look cool? Don't they look? Yeah, I'm going to say, don't they look cool? <laughs> oh dear. Torchwood. They keep mm. killing Susie. It was first broadcast back in December, the third of December, two thousand and six. It was written by uh, Paul uh, Tomalin and Dan McCulloch. It was directed by James Strong. And the story is uh, Torchwood initially have been linked to a series of uh, murders around Cardiff. Uh, And it becomes uh, clear that uh, one of their old friends has uh, influenced said murders. Uh, They connect it back to this um, uh, kind of weird social support group called Pilgrim uh, which uh, apparently Susie was a member of but it sounds like she was manipulating one of the guys there and put him on some, under some kind of mind control thingy um, so there's a connection there as well and then uh, they need to resurrect Susie uh, which goes a bit awry because it turns out that she's going to be around forever it seems until they break the link between um, Susie and Gwen which they do in dramatic style mm. <laughs> yes so they keep killing Susie. We're actually doing it this week. They certainly do keep killing her, don't they? They do. Especially at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Die! <laughs> 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 
Dear. Deary me. Uh, so no sexual innuendos in this one. No rumpy no, bumpy. No, no. kissy wissy. It's all down to the the action and the gore and the blood and everything. So yeah, and the brains hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Susie, they keep killing her. What do you reckon? Yeah. So actually, I uh, enjoyed this one. Um, <laughs> much to mine, really. Because I've got to admit, I, I don't get the same buzz with Torchwood as when we do a Sarah Jane. So if I'm, you know, when it's coming to the point where I'm thinking, oh, it's Tuesday night, we record tomorrow, right, let's get the episode watched. If it's a Sarah Jane, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's get this on. With Torchwood, I'm kind of like, oh, God, what's it going to be this week? Isn't, you know, it's not, I don't get the same buzz. So I sort of plonked it in the player and it starts. And I, I was really got into this one quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was actually enjoyed this a lot more than I was expecting, really. And I think it is because... Yeah, I've got a bit, so far with the series, I've been a bit fed up with all the affairs and kissy-wissy and smouldering looks. And it's not been, it's not been doing it for me massively so far, series one. I've, I've enjoyed bits, but I'm not as into it as I remembered, uh, you know, when it was first on. I remember liking Tortured a lot when it was first aired, but I've not been digging it as much as I did. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was good. I, I, I like the, love the fact they bring back Susie. Uh, so it ties it into episode one. Um, and I like the reason for bringing her back and the way that they manipulate the character and everything. So I think the actual story is good. It You do have to sort of stretch your, you know, belief a little bit to, you know, like when it comes to the end and she planned it all along, I'm thinking, oh, it's a lot of, you know, to, to, to sort of plan all of that actually happening in that sequence for her to end up there and so-and-so is a bit of a stretch, of the imagination, I think, but yeah, yeah. you know, as a piece of television and for 50 minutes of TV, I think, you know, you can kind of let that go a bit. So yeah, I, I did enjoy this one. I did think it was good. I liked, liked a lot of the stuff that was going on. Um, I thought the performance is good. I think the cast to finally <laughs> gel in. I think that's one thing that made this episode better than perhaps the, some of the previous ones for me is that you didn't have all this stuff between the characters. It was just them working together as a team to get to you know to get the story resolved so that was a big plus for me uh, it's probably the first time this series where i think they've all actually worked well together as a team so yeah it's getting a thumbs up from me this week i actually did did think it was a good one what about you mate what do you reckon yeah cool um i didn't mind it all right okay <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mind this one uh, uh i thought it was a, a decent idea and it was mm-hmm. cool that they brought back the character of Susie. Yeah. Um, and I, I imagine um, that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Indira Varma, who played Susie, had a really good time uh, with this particular episode because she mm. gets to play a real, uh, uh, well, yeah, a, a nasty kind of manipulative sour grapes Um yeah, bit of an ex-girlfriend type of uh, vibe going on, a bit of a sassy ex going on. Um, so I imagine she had a ball with this one, um, and it yeah. and it's a decent story. Um, my only sort of gripage with it is that it, it, the story takes a while to get going. It sort of starts off with a decent, with a bit of a shock tactic, you know, when you mm. they go into the room at the beginning and torture is written in blood on the wall and, and all yeah. that stuff, and you think, crikey, you know, we're we're kicking off fast and hard, but then. For me, it's not until about halfway through that the story starts to pick up. It's not until, uh, well, for me, it's not until Gwen takes Susie out of Torchwood. 
Mm. And we have that whole build up and they discover that there's a link between Susie and Gwen. Gwen's like exchanged yeah. her soul, it looks like, or her her life energy or something. And she's now experiencing what Susie went through. So she's going to die and Susie's going to live. And so that was all cool. And then they're chasing after her and all that stuff. So that was good. Um, I just found the middle bit. After the first five minutes, really, the middle bit was just really, I don't know, it just felt like, I mean, it was a couple of good scenes mixed in there. The bit when they're actually bringing people back to life was cool. And when they bring Susie back to life, especially, that's all really cool. Mm. Um, but then for me, it's it was just, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was just a bit bored, I think. Just didn't do it for you. No, the middle marathon bit really got to me. Um, and then it picked up again at the end. So it sort of started strong, and then for me it dips down, and then it goes up again. But uh, overall, I thought it was one of the better uh, stories from series one that we've gone through so far. Mm. It is one of the better ones for sure. There was one bit actually that really did throw me though. Um, so towards the end, they're, they're chasing her, aren't they? And Gwen's dying, and she's sucking the life force out of her. And again, I liked that idea. I thought, oh, that's that's good. So she's, you know, Susie's getting stronger, and old Gwen's getting weaker and stuff. So that's that worked well. But there was a bit <laughs> where they're like, you've, you know, they're chasing after Susie, Jack, and um, uh, whoever is with Owen, isn't it? Chasing after them in the car. It's pitch black. So Owen turns to Captain Jack, doesn't he? And he's, Jack's like, how long's Gwen got? And Owen's like, oh, she's got literally minutes before she dies. Minutes, he says. <laughs> and it's pitch black. They're driving in the dark. And then the next scene, broad daylight. They're on the pier and it's sunny. And I'm like, what? That, did something go wrong there? Or what? It cuts from night to day. And yet literally the scene before, he says she's got minutes to live. And I'm like, well, she, she must be dead then. Did you, did you notice that? Yeah, I think that was trying to insinuate that they're driving to a faraway place. So it's taken but, them all night to get there. But yeah, but he was saying she'd got minutes when it was pitch black. I, I, yeah, I, I think... And I was thinking, what happened there? Yeah, continuity. Very person. bad continuity, yeah, yeah. Should have been fired for that. I almost wondered if they'd sort of had to reshoot it or something, because I was just like, well, this just seems completely... Yeah, like you said, continuity and everything went out the window. But but yeah, no, I, I did like that idea, though, of... of Susie just getting stronger and stronger because you just assume that she's you, you know I, I like that mystery from the start when they bring her back of they can't kill her and it's like oh so what are they going to do then mm-hmm. and Jack's really freaked out by it because it's kind of like it's kind of like you can see a bit of himself that he she can't die and that freaks him out doesn't it so <laughs> I like that and I love the fact that in this episode they explore what happens if you join Torchwood but what happens to you after you die <laughs> So like, it's, you know, I like the fact they looked into that. So in other words, tortured kind of takes over your soul, doesn't it? Because Jack says, you know, well, when you die, Gwen, this, you're just going to, all your possessions going to be boxed up and put in our vault. And she's like, well, what about, um, what's he called? Her other half? <laughs> uh, Owen. Oh, Owen. Is it Owen? No. Her other half. Um, Reese, Reese. Yeah, sorry, I wanted to say Owen weirdly. <laughs> what about Reese? And she's like, yeah, we'll box it. We'll box him up too. And all <laughs> so I, I like the yeah. fact they explored all that, and they talk about the fact that you know, who do you talk to about the stuff you do at work when you can't talk to anyone? And you know, I thought there's some good themes going on that made you sort of question what torture is mm-hmm. as well, and what it means to actually be a part of it. You know, even when you're dead. <laughs> so that yeah. was good. That was another bit I found interesting about the the story. Yeah, that was quite cool. And it was a bit mm. bleak as well. Yeah. So when Gwen's questioning Susie about it, so what's it like after you die? She's like, it's nothing. 
It's just yeah. darkness. But then there is this there is this cool little nugget, which I assume that they they dropped in there for a future storyline or a future idea is she was saying that in the darkness she could see something moving. And then at the end she says to Jack, There's something in the dark is coming for you. So I loved that bit. That was that was very cool actually. And so you you do get the feeling that and they also that they questioned again uh, who actually Jack who Jack actually is. Yeah. Because yeah. none of them know still, do they? None of them they're aware that something's is obviously different. I use mm. the word different. Um <laughs> but they don't know exactly what's happened to him, do they? He's not revealed his past or no. and all that stuff. So that was quite that was kind of good how they went through what? that. What is coming for Jack? I can't I honestly can't remember, but I did like that line. I I think it does play out at some point. I'm sure I hope it does. Anyway, I hope it's not just uh, thrown in there for sake of it. I think something does I think that does come back, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah. But I'm I liked sure. that because again it's it showed that she's sort of been somewhere that only her and Jack have. So it kind of brought him a bit into the story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so that was good. That was good. Yes. Uh, what did you think to uh, let's pick out a few key scenes then? So uh, the first one, which was when they were resurrecting people, that was very good, quite shocking. When uh, yeah. they you, they got the um, Thanos's gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, the gauntlet. Uh, what is what is um, uh, what does Yanto call it? The something the the risen mitten, the risen Retcon mitten. mitten, or something like that. Yeah, which I thought mitten. was good. Yeah, yeah. Risen Mitten, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So that, I, I like those scenes, actually. They were good when... And the, the performances were great as well because it it must be absolutely like a, a bajillion thoughts and feelings whizzing around. If you were to be resurrected in a strange place mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm alive, and there's people questioning you, you're like, hold on a minute. You must have like a thousand things going around your head and, yeah. and, and stressful. So it was good that they... Especially the first guy who just completely went he went and to beep didn't he yeah so he was useless and the second guy was a little bit more coherent he actually gave him some information but max (laughs) kept thinking of that thing from voyage of the damned when they kept saying max Max. (laughs) (laughs) but but, yeah no that's cool i I did think it was quite funny when they resurrected susie as well and she she's getting all she's like is that oh no it's not you is it gwen and she's getting all i mean it's a sort of comedy scene which really was sort of misplaced, but it did make me laugh. Mm. In fact, the humour in this does land quite well, I think, for me anyway, because that's one of the things that I've found so far in Series 1 is that the humour hasn't always landed. Some of it's been very clunky and, you know, I've just kind of winced more than laughed. But so there were bits in this that did make me not exactly roll on the floor laughing, but, the, you know, like the some of the stuff Yanto was going out with, like the, the mitten and stuff like that, it, there was some good lines in it, I thought. Yeah, so, no, there was. So the humour landed a bit more for me in this one. Yeah. yeah, like the writing just seemed a bit more on point. I suppose mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't know the writers. I don't don't recognise those names. Paul Tamalian and Dan McCulloch. I don't know if they've done other. I don't know. Don't, don't sound very familiar. But don't know if they've been involved in Doctor Who or Torchwood after this. But um, no, not really. No, he went on. Uh, Paul Tomalin went on to do. A few other bits, nothing uh, notably the Frankenstein Chronicles, apparently. Oh, right. Uh, which is not too bad. And Dan McCulloch. Um, yeah, no other Doctor Who or Torchwood stuff. No, no. no. Okay. Uh, so sort of one-offs, I suppose, for those guys. Um, Do you think they planned from right from the start to bring back Susie? Do you think it was part of a 
you know, a, a grand scheme of things and they're plotting out series one? Or do you think no, they just, no. or do you think they just said to him, um, what can we do this week? I oh, know, let's bring back Susie. I don't know. Well, Not sure how far in advance they would have planned it, but I, I do like that idea though. I love the fact that they, because she's a good character, isn't she? So when she does kill herself in the first episode, you, you do get the feeling there was more. You sort of think, oh, I, you know, I would have liked to know more about her and what she did at Torchwood. So, I yeah. do like, do really like the fact they brought her back, and I think she may have done some big finish actually, as well, which uh, I assume possibly. is set before yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they 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 didn't have any plans at all, no, to bring her back or this story. This was in fact originally written as like a backup story. Oh, so right. If, so if one of the other episodes fell through, or if they needed to have an extra episode for series two, mm. and this one was what was done, it was. It was labelled as an over-commission episode. Right. So it wasn't actually in the plans at all from the beginning, but Russell T. Davis apparently really liked it when he saw the script and thought, no, no, we need to have this in. Uh, but no, mate, it wasn't, they didn't plan for her to come back or to have oh, this Oh, that's stuff. really yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah. it feels like it, yeah, it does. It feels like they've sort of part of Russell's grand scheme of what he wants to do with Series 1, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, yeah. I'm glad they did. I think it, it works well and it brings back a good a good character. She definitely, for want of a better phrase, and I did, no pun intended, she definitely had more life in her, that character. So, yeah, no, <laughs> I think it was, I think it was good to bring her back. And I think she works really well in it. You know, she's good at like the, the sinister humor and, and I don't know, you just never know what she's going to do next. Like when she goes to see her dad, I, I kind of had a feeling and not just cause I've seen it before cause I haven't watched this for years, but I had a feeling that he was going to get it. <laughs> So oh, yeah. she plays yeah. evil really well, doesn't she? When she's like, Dad, and she just rips the hospital cord out of his mouth. And, oh, you know, I could, I, I kind of knew that was coming, but she does it really well, I thought. <laughs> she's good at being evil. Yeah, that's what I mean. She Those scenes where she's with Gwen, and also you mentioned in when she's in the hospital with her dad, she does that yeah. really, and she's really got that good. calculated look as well. Like, she's not acting mm-hmm. on instinct. This is all premeditated, and she's worked yeah. this out, and... Yes. That is good. one thing that didn't quite work for me. I mean, that the, in terms of the story is she, she managed to plan an awful lot in the event of her death. And a lot of it relies on real, <laughs> I mm. don't know. It, as I said earlier, you kind of do have to stretch your imagination a bit, don't you? That, that those things would happen, that Jack would do this and the book and the poem and everything. It, it relies a lot on things getting worked out. And I, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Her I plan mean. was yeah. very, very complicated for all those things to actually happen after her death that do happen. But yeah, I, it, it doesn't ruin it for me. But I did sort of think, well, you know, <laughs> that was a lot. There was an awful lot of planning went into that, um, and a lot of it relied on what's the word I'm looking for? Not coincidence, but I don't know. Yeah, a lot of it relied on. Well, yeah, coincidence, I suppose. Yeah. It's like being in the right place at the right time to resolve yeah. that little bit of the story. And yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, she I can't remember if she's done any big finish. She probably has. Yeah. I just remember seeing a cover with her picture on it. Doesn't necessarily mean she's in it though, because, you know, big finish, but lots of people on their covers that are part of the story but not actually in it. Um I don't know. Someone out there will know, because I don't have any of the big finish torchwood stories. Um, so I can't tell you, but yeah, I just had a feeling she might've done one. Hmm. I'll have a look at that. Cause I, I would be quite interested to hear it actually. 
having now watched this? Uh, yeah, it would be good. Mm. Yes. Uh, she's done loads of stuff since Torchwood, though. Yeah, well, she's quite a good actress, actually, um, I think. You know, even just going from this story, I think she gives a really good performance in this. In fact, I think she kind of makes the story better. Mm, I think so. Than it actually is, yeah. Yes. Uh, so in terms of other scenes that I thought were reasonably good, uh, one thing I wasn't a fan of, and it's yeah. not for the obvious reason, um, but I wasn't a fan of the end. The end? You know where Yanto's putting Susie back in the thing and then Captain Jack comes up to him uh, and they have that yeah. little exchange and just literally out of nowhere, all of a sudden Yanto and Captain Jack are a thing. Yeah. Like literally, they've, they've not even winked at each other up to now, let alone, you know, have any flirted chat and all that lot. And then all of a sudden it's like, and it, even the discussion comes out of nowhere. I know. Like Yanto's yeah. like, oh, there's plenty you can do with a stopwatch. And Captain Jack sees that immediately, or you know, as Captain. But I was Jack thinking would. myself, but, what's he on about? Yeah, and then, but Captain Jack, as the character he is, immediately sees it as a as an innuendo, and yeah, all of it. And then the thing I'm not too, I'm not too. I know they do this a few times with with Captain Jack's character as well. Is that I know that he's not meant to have too much of an emotional connection to what's going on. Mm. You, you can tell that that's just how he's been written, but. You can in in most of the episode, you can tell that this this one has affected him a bit more than the previous Torchwood stories because there's that scene where Gwen goes into his office and literally has a right go at him because she's like, yeah. "You didn't oh, think yeah. about how this would affect her, giving her that bloody glove, and you had no idea what she was." You know, she probably gives it to him. Yeah, and you can tell he's perturbed by it because he's like, "We're both responsible," sort of thing, you know. But then at the very end, and they're just about to put her back in the freezer. <laughs> and you can tell he's emotional because I have the emotional music going on and he's downtrodden and you, know, you can tell it's affected him. And then literally at a snap of her fingers, he's got that big Colgate smile back on his face. He knows he's Colgate about to smile. have some, he's about to do the do, the do with Yanto. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everything you've just watched for the past 50 minutes is just, oh yes. Those two are about to go and, to go and do the do, let's just crack on. So yeah. for me, it kind of dilutes the emotional, nice ending that we had at the end. And now it's just, uh, all right, so these two are now... Because we, we had no idea, because we knew from Doctor Who about Captain Jack's sexuality and his omnisexuality, I think they labelled yeah. it as. So we knew all that stuff, but we had no clue that Yanto was, was that way inclined. So I'm not saying that it bothers me for the reason of I don't want Yanto to be gay or, you know, it's nothing to do with that. It's just that it's like a bolt out of the blue. It's like, why mm. did they put that in like right at the end? And it just changes the whole tone of the ending because they play this really nice song as Captain Jack's coming back through the hub and Gwen's doing something and they look at each other with this sort of solemn look and they're, they're all pretty miffed about what's gone on. It's affected them all. You can tell that. So yeah. it just really changes the tone of that nice ending. It just seems like they shoehorned it in. I don't it, know. it does. It, no, it, it, it definitely does. Because as I said to you, I've, I've been really not enjoying all the interrelationships with the Torchwood, you know, gang group. Whatever. So, yeah, I was thinking this is a good episode. We didn't have any of that. We didn't have any 
long, lingering looks between Owen and Gwen or any of that rubbish. So, you know, and then, yeah, just as we get to the end, they go and throw that in there. And I was like, oh, we just don't need it. We just don't need all this, mm-hmm. you know, it's stuff between them. It just doesn't add anything. It just made me groan. And probably for the same reasons as you, I was thinking, oh, what's this about? <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't think it was. Well, it was very clunky. It very was very clunky. clunky, yeah. Because yeah, there's lots of things you can do with a stopwatch. And <laughs> what? Like, but when he first said that, because I had to, I had to think about that afterwards. I thought, I thought, initially, does he think like you can do things with a stopwatch? That I know. You, yeah, me too. You, you would never have thought you could. Like, what does he mean? Yeah, or does he mean? Oh, you can just time set your timer, and <laughs> how naughty can you be with within a certain time frame? But I just. It got my mind thinking for all the wrong reasons, basically. Mm, At the end yeah. of that episode, I wanted to, well, not wanted to, but I, I was, you know, I was really satisfied with the ending up to that point, basically. And then, yeah, it was just, I just don't know why they feel they need to do that in Torchwood. It's like, because I get it from an adult perspective, but this is not like the warm and cuddly, fuzzy it, war, it, world of Doctor Who, where, no. you know, even that, even Doctor Who doesn't have the, the, the good endings but, but i think with torture is that the relationship thing seems all over the place i think that's why it annoys me like if it was sort of two of them got together like owen and tosh you might think oh yeah that's kind of cool but they seem to all be sleeping with each other and it's just i don't know it just it just is too messy for my liking <laughs> it's, it's weird isn't it it's um yeah but it I, just doesn't do it for me i don't think it needs it but yeah and i think from from an adult's perspective the way that russell wrote these characters initially was that they were meant to be flawed in some way. They were meant to be yeah. more realistic and with this is like the grown-up world and not everything is perfect and, you know, not the Doctor doesn't snap his fingers and smile and everything's beautiful and will go off to the stars. I get that it's meant to be more grounded in real life and people are not perfect and they make mistakes and, you know, affairs and adultery and all that stuff goes on. That's yeah. the real world. Um, yeah. But it just seems overkill. It, we've, yeah. Like, we were surprised that we haven't got that far through Series 1, weren't we? We were saying, yeah. oh, this is only Series 8, and it's we got another five to go. But yet, in those eight episodes, we've already seen Gwen go off with Owen. We've yeah. seen Tosh get the hump because she wants to go off with Owen. We've Gwen seen went off with Jack, Gwen, Gwen, didn't she? Yeah, we, well, yeah. they nearly did. And we thought, are those two going to, I don't know. Oh, there was that awkward gun shooting scene. Oh, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. So it just seems like it's, um, I think we said this right at the beginning when we first yeah. started reviewing it. We said, well, we, we do have, I think, no, actually you and I discussed it several times and stuff. We, we said that sometimes it feels like Torchwood puts in a bunch of swearing and some sexual stuff just because it wants to remind you you're watching a more mm. adult version of, of Doctor Who. Yeah. And it's little and, scenes like that that kind of bring that home. It's like, why do you need to... Mm. Yeah. Because there was a, there was quite a bit of blood and gore in this as well, wasn't there? Which I must admit, it didn't seem... Uh, apart from the perhaps the very start where you, they kept showing the, the sort of necks that have been slit, I was thinking, yeah, okay, we get it, they're dead. But apart from that, it didn't feel that gratuitous. I mean, the stuff with like her brain hanging out and stuff, I mean, it it looked gross, but I kind of guess, you you know, you need <laughs> to see that because that's what happened. She shot herself through her head. I, I did also think 
She's drinking tea, but she's supposed to have a blooming great hole under her chin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was a bit like Gwen's giving her tea and biscuits and she's got a blooming bullet hole through her mouth. I was thinking, that's strange. Um, Just going back to... (laughs) Going back to that scene, though, uh, just very quickly uh, between Yanto and Jack at the end that we both thought was clunky. There is one bit in that I liked. And it's the very last line I thought was a great line. Is when Yanto says... Thing is, Jack, with gloves, is they always come in pairs. Oh, and he's yeah. like, oh, I thought that was a good line. I did like that bit. How so to I'll... kill the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was a good line. I like that. The gloves come in pairs because Jack looks really like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that plays off into anything either. It does. Remember. Yeah, we get That's another it? episode oh, later right. on, I'm pretty sure, with another glove. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And also, going back to humour, there was some good bits. I don't know if it's Yanto again. Somebody said a death by Torchwood and stuff like that. I thought things like that were pretty cool. What are you going to write on my death certificate, Jack? He's like, a death by Torchwood. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, that on your gravestone. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So there were, some good, there were some good lines and stuff in it like that, you know. But yeah. Yeah. I also liked uh, in the story the fact that the police force are not overly enthusiastic about Torchwood doing what they do. Yeah, yeah, some of that, yes, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, the stuff with the book and everything um, was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite yeah. funny when they're all sat around laughing at them as well because they'd be locked in the hub, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah, there was some good bits as well. Yeah, because yeah. it would have been pretty bad. Like we mentioned earlier at the very beginning when the Torchwood Range Rover turns up and they come out in their sunnies and they all look very... Hollywood cool yeah. and stuff. It would yeah. have been pretty naff if they got there and all the police were like, oh my God, it's torture. Look how cool <laughs> they are. We're, we're there here to save the day. That would have been really cheesy and stuff. So yeah. it's cool that the police are like, oh God, here we go. Here they are. Here they are. Yeah, the causing yeah. trouble. Yeah. So I like I like that aspect of it. Me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So some some pretty good scenes, I would say. Some comedy in there. Uh, the 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 action was you know, there's no action to speak of really it was more no actually now you mention it no there was a tear up in the club that wasn't really a, a proper tear oh, up that, it was more yeah. just the yeah. and the bit of the shoot at the end that's about it isn't it really mm-hmm. that I do like that end bit though because Jack Jack's like just can't get over it it's a, it must make a change for him to keep shooting someone that doesn't die rather than it be him so that was quite cool and it's just firing bullets and again just like God's sake, die. <laughs> She's like, no, I won't. And she's just laughing at him. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And then, it, But it takes him that long to work out. He could have done it all. He didn't even need to do, get in the car. <laughs> just needed to destroy the um, yeah. gloves. He could have put the kettle on. Yeah, he could, have had a, he could have had one of those nice biscuits that Gwen's got. But yeah. no. He, oh, well. <laughs> what yeah. is that thing in their car as well? You know, when they're driving along, they've got this sort of disco ball or disco light in the back of the car <laughs> pulsating and oh it's just fancy very, lights it's very it, souped yeah. up that car isn't it yeah looks looks silly it looks ridiculous they could have it had a, a better a better it looks car like a, it looks it. like a, a mobile disco yeah. i think it isn't it one of the smaller range rovers as well it's not one of the beefier no it's not i don't know yeah yeah, no, it's not one of the beefier ones, no. But it has got Torchwood written on the side, just so you can't mistake it. Yeah. Uh, no lingering shots of Jack on the building this week. Oh, no, no, no Batman no, moments. No, no Batman moment from Jack this week. There is, there is one in the montage, but they use that all the time, so we can't count that one. But oh, right. there is a, a shot of a white building with him right on the edge. And I, the only reason I mention it is because I always wonder, how did they do that? He can't really be there. 
but they do like a sweeping shot, don't they, of him? That's he's right. like right on the That's edge it. of this white yep. building. But I'm like, yeah, how did they do? He's, he's, yeah, CGI, I'm sure. But Maybe. Yeah. yeah, but no Batman moment this week for Jack. No. Uh, let's whiz through some characters then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what did we think to... Who was the um, the police officer? Kathy Swanson, played by Yasmin Bannerman. Yeah, now I've just... I didn't realise this until I've just read it, but was she Jade in... She in Jade, um, yeah. Yeah, I just I guess I read that earlier and I thought I, I, I really didn't know that. Um didn't recognize it. I suppose cuz Jade was the tree person from what was it called? The uh, end of the end world. Of the world. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. So it's interesting to see her out of the the costume. Yeah, yeah, Jabe. Oh, Jabe, isn't it? Not Jade. Jabe. Yes. Yeah, in the end yep. of the world. Uh, I thought she was quite good in it. Like you, I liked the fact that she was just like, no, oh, his torture. You know, she wasn't sort of um it gave a good dynamic between the police and Torchwood and them both trying to do the same thing and, you know, protect the world, but from totally different, coming from totally different angles on it. So, yeah, I thought she was pretty good, actually. And I like the scene with the book and her laughing at him down the phone and stuff. And I don't know if we see her again, because I don't remember her character at all. Um, um, but I don't know if she pops up again later on. But anyway, I thought she was quite good. Yeah, she's done some big finish. Has she? Yeah, so she oh, right, played okay. um, a character called Roz Forrester, who was a companion for McCoy's Doctor. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, cool. The Seventh Doctor, The New Adventures. Uh, apparently she's in a few episodes of that. Right. Um, and she also did a, you'll be happy to know, she was in one of the Blake Seven, Big Finish. Is she? Oh, she's not the new, is that her? I don't Is she know. the new Dana? Dana, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <gasps> yeah. Blimey. I've been listening to those. I just didn't make the connection. Oh, very cool. Well, that's good. I like her. <laughs> we like her now. Yeah. I didn't realise that was her. Yeah, she's yeah because um, they they've been trying to get the original actress back for for years who played Dana and Blake Seven, and they finally given up and recast uh, recast it. And of course, you know, being a big fan, you're always a bit like, oh no, we don't want them to recast. <laughs> but uh, no, she's very good. So excellent. Yes. Excellent. Uh, there was the guy. Um, I just want to say, yeah, I thought she was pretty good in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guy who played Max then, who they lock Max. up in the cell, who they very cruelly tortured. And as they're yeah. walking away, they say it again and he goes nuts. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Just doing his thing, I suppose. There's not much you can do with that role other than look mm -hmm. psychotic and go nuts. Go nuts. And yeah, don't bang on those glass doors too much because they're supposed to be <laughs> imperishable. Imp Impenetrable. Pen penetrable oh the perspex they were wobbly wobbling, <laughs> wobbling it around like i was thinking don't hang bang too hard oh uh, yeah but no he was all right when he did his did his thing doing his old chanting whatever those, he was saying um, those in the torchwood hub you know that area where the, the prison cells are does that not remind you of the silence of the lambs every time yeah, they're in there very much so yeah it's pretty much an exact replica of <laughs> of those cells aren't they it is. I will say, I do like the, you know, the room where they put Susie in at the end, the cold, oh, yeah. the, the body storage room. I like that design with those sort of things on the floor. I'm not sure what it is. But oh, yeah. yeah. I like that room. I mm. can't work out how much is CGI and how much is real set because <laughs> it's a mix of both, isn't it? But um, Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I like that room. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, what about, um, so we spoke about the guys on the deathbed who they bring back to life, short and sweet. What about Max, her dad, mm -hmm. when she goes to hospital? I mean, he's only in a short bit, but he does give a good performance of someone dying. I thought, <laughs> you know, it was pretty harsh. Oh, not Max. That's uh, 
You don't know his oh, real no, name. Oh, no, sorry, that's not Max, is it? Yeah. It's a dad, father, Susie's dad, yeah, we don't know. Sorry, not Max. Yeah. Susie's dad, yeah. I thought I just thought he gave quite a good performance in terms of... Um, <laughs> the dying Because, you know, you know, sometimes if someone pretends to die, it can be like, oh, it could be a bit cringy, but he did look probably like... <laughs> Yeah, it looked like he was probably dying. So that was that was a good performance. <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms of dying faces, what did he do? We'll never know. But she was like, "You beep." Yeah, that was worth coming back for. So obviously, he wasn't a particularly nice dad. But we'll never know. We'll never know. Probably for the best. Mm-hmm. He was suffering from cancer, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. What about? Um, so we've spoken about Indira, Indira, sorry, Varma, Susie. She, um, yeah, and just the fact that she plays evil really well. I, I, I really liked her in this. Mm. I really thought she gave a good performance. As I said, I think if anything, she notches the episode up a bit. I think if you'd got someone that wasn't as good in that part, I think because the story, you know, it's a good story, but it's not the best. I think mm. it could have could have been a bit more it could have been quite dull i think without her in it um she has done a big finish i I had a quick look <laughs> do you know what no offense to the big finish website but they've redesigned it recently and it looks lovely but it's so much harder to find stuff <laughs> so for about the last 10 minutes i've just been trying to get to torch with the the monthly range and used to be able to just click on a box but now anyway i found it <laughs> eventually <laughs> she um she has done a Torchwood, uh, and it's called Moving Target. It's got a really cool cover as well. Um, oh, the, target, the cover's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really would like to get... Oh, it's got a 10 out of 10 from Planet, Planet Mondas. Really am tempted to get this, actually, just to hear it. Um, Susie Costello would never describe herself as a hero, blah, 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 blah. Um, but she would say she's someone who always makes her choices, wouldn't she? No, I'm just reading the blurb. Yeah, it sounds quite cool. So I might have to pick that up. And um, if only for the cover, she looks blimmin' awesome on it. She looks, she looks like she could kick some leap. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a Lee Binding cover to me. Is it Lee Binding? Well, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, it is. Yep. Yep. Is it? Yep. I guess he gets everywhere, that man. Yeah. That <laughs> rightly good. so. Yeah. yeah, rightly so. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, I thought she was awesome in it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Uh, Yanto, not quite the wet blanket that we've seen. He was actually quite comical in this one. He did get a couple of good lines, didn't he? He still seems to be just sort of wandering around twiddling his thumbs, though, doesn't he? He does seem to just sort of appear to say a line and then he doesn't yeah. get a lot to do, does he? I'm surprised he wasn't in making the tea and biscuits, to be honest. But yeah, at least he was quite funny in the scenes he was in this week and not a crying, bl- blubbering Wingy, baby. Yeah. yeah. It, he just seemed really relaxed and not, not bothered about anything. It's as if he just anything. wandered onto set. Yeah. yeah. There was a bit yeah. where all the power gets shut off in, in the hub and they get locked in. Yeah. And then Yanto just comes in with a torch and he just puts a torch up to his face as if to say, like, hello. And then Jack's doing his nut. And yeah. he's like, oh, I don't know. I can't fix it. You know, he's just seemed really laid back. and Yeah. Um, but he, uh, uh, what's going to say? He um, he does have, so in terms of the, the previous episodes where he's been very whingy and, and all that, yes. uh, he, he at least... Because I, I always get the feeling that Yanto's a bit of a... He's like the Alfred in the Batcave, isn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not one of the heroes that goes out and saves the day. He's just sort of keeping the, the kettle on and, mm. you know, keeping everything t- sort of ticking over. So 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to when he actually gets his hands dirty a little bit, which I'm sure, I'm pretty sure he does. I, I remember, yeah. I was going to say, I remember him being a lot more involved. He yes. does, yeah, yeah, he's very much just in the, yeah. tidy in the hub at the minute, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. But I thought this was his best one, because although we get, he so gave far, a, yeah. a decent performance in the previous episode, what was the one where we did, uh, yeah, the um, the one before Greeks Bearing Gifts, what was it? Uh, countryside. Uh, it, although he gives a decent performance in that one, where he's like, screaming and bawling his eyes out and it's quite you know suspenseful i just thought he was really relaxed in this one quite yeah comfortable and stuff so pretty good uh what about owen and tosh then yeah i thought i think they were good in this because as i said i think um they they were actually got stuff to do they just seem to be working better as a team these guys like normally it's just them throwing insults at each other and you know and tosh getting jealous of gwen and all that so we didn't have any of that this week and it was so much the better for it. So, um, yeah, I thought they were good. And I liked it when Tosh was sat next to Susie. Susie's just like, you can't even look at me, can you? <laughs> so that was all good. Um, some good lines from Owen as well. Um, so, yeah, I thought they were both good this week. I didn't sort of have any moments where I was like, no, oh, you know, Owen's getting into a cupboard with Gwen again or <laughs> any of that <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, so I thought they were, they were good this this week, both of them. Yeah. No, I agree. Yes, uh, there was a. I thought Owen was was particularly good. He had a couple of good lines. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but he did have some good. A bit like Yanter, he had a couple of good one-liners this week, which actually made me smile or laugh rather than me groan. So yeah, but I can't remember what they were. But he, I do remember thinking he was better this week. Yeah, no, mm. for sure. Uh, okay, and what about Gwen? I thought Gwen was really good, uh, especially when she's sort of dying in the kind i think they must have put some contact lenses in her eyes or something they've made them look really big right you know when she was sort of sliding down and she looked almost like her pupils were all probably yeah yeah she looked really like out of it um and i think think, i I think she actually gave really good performance and the scene when she's talking to Susie about what happens after you die because i thought she played that really well that that was quite a nice little scene where they're just chatting in the car so a good performance for me miles this this week i think um, she's very quick to to take Susie to the hospital. That's the only thing. But I guess in story terms, you've got to do that. But I did sort of think Gwen probably wouldn't do that. She might plan it later down the line, but I don't think she'd just say, "Come on, I'll take you to see your dad now," sort of thing. But yeah, but I did. I did think she was really good this week, Gwen. I liked Gwen in this one. Yeah, me too. I thought, yeah, especially towards the end where she was, she starts to feel a bit shaky and she goes off on one and. And the bit where she shouted at Jack was a good scene as well. It's like, you know, when she's giving him a right old telling off. Mm. <laughs> she was really good. I thought, yeah, tell him, give it to him, Gwen. <laughs> give it to him with both barrels. Yeah. Yeah. No, region. Yeah. Uh, and Captain Jack, Mr. Barrowman. Yeah, not not bad. <laughs> not <laughs> Sorry, bad. That, sound, that, sound, that sounds like he wasn't good. Yeah, he's, he's good. I just, I don't know. Yeah, decent. Uh, really good at the end when he's firing when he's, you know, finally finishing off Susie, killing her for the hundredth time. Um, I don't know. It's not a lot I can say about Jack, really. I don't really connect with him. It's like when he's in Doctor Who, I really like Captain Jack. I don't quite get the same vibe from him in Torchwood, or at least I haven't so far in this series for some reason. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just yeah. something kind of missing. I don't, can't put my finger on it. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's good at it. He's, he's, he's perfectly decent in this story, yeah. Yeah, um, no, he's okay. Actually, he's. He, I know what you mean, though. He there's something 
that makes him really cool in Doctor Who. Mm. But in Torchwood, I don't know. I think he's just... I think it's just the way that the show and the character has been put to him by Russell and the other producers. It's like, look, don't concentrate too much on what you did with Doctor Who. This is more, you know, we're going in a different direction with this, with the character and the show. So kind of do what you want a little bit, I suppose. Don't try and follow what you did with Who and... Yeah, yeah. The character seems a bit more arrogant somehow in Torchwood. He seems a bit more—I don't know—he's he's a bit more likable in Doctor. As I said, I think he'll. This will change as the series goes on, but so far he's just a bit of a—I don't know. I he's very. I don't want to say a swear word, but he's a bit of a. Yeah, he's a bit of a douchebag sometimes. Can be a bit of a douchebag, like when Gwen's telling him off, and you sort of think, "Yeah, Jack, you you douchebag." Um, yeah. Whereas Douche. in Doctor Who, I think he's kind of a bit cheesy, but he's kind of suave and cool. Mm. Um, whereas in this, yeah, he is more flawed, I suppose. It's a slightly more flawed version of Captain Jack. Yeah. But yeah, decent decent enough performance from Barrowman. Old jazz hands. Old jazz hands, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, anything else you want to mention before we, we put a score on this? No, not really. I thought the direction was okay. I thought the music was pretty good. Um, I don't know if it's my setup, but still way too loud. Like I was constantly turning it up and down. I don't know about you. Like the the dialogue is so much quieter on my TV. I don't know if it's my TV, but I was constantly up and down with the volume. You know, when they were talking, and then there'd be a gunshot that nearly blew the television speakers out. <laughs> so I don't know. It could be my setup. It could be the Blu-ray. I don't know. But yeah, but the music was good when it was when it wasn't too loud, blasting out my TV. Yeah, yeah. It sounded very very Murray this week. I know it's not him, but it did have a very Murray Gold oh, epic is. feel yes. in places. This one, yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, actually, the music this week was Murray Gold. Was it? Yeah. It oh, w- right. It was actually Murray Gold and Ben Foster. Ah. This week for this okay, one. Then. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure previous to that, it was a guy called Matt somebody, I think. Yeah, it's been a few, a couple of different people, isn't it? Matt I wonder Watts why they keep changing it. James yeah. Watts, something like that. Anyway, yeah, so it was Murray on this one. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, right, I think it's you to go first. Oh, right, okay. Well, I that's think. fine, because for once I didn't struggle with this score, score because sometimes I'm a bit, mm, um, yeah, 7.5 I'm giving this one. I, I did enjoy it overall. Yeah, like this one. A 7.5. 7.5, no messing. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to give this a 6.5. 6. Okay, fair enough. Uh, only because uh, I... Th- I orig- when I first watched this ages ago, I remember thinking this one was pretty good. Um, but then I just got bored in the middle. Yeah, well, fair enough, yeah. So, so I think initially before I watched it, I was hovering around a seven to an eight. But then I was just really bored, so. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what did our lovely listeners think? Uh, we had a couple of audio clips in. Let's do the first hey. one. Uh, this is a good old Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So they keep killing Susie. What a terrible title. I think they should have thought of a better one. It's not terrible, but I think it needs work. Why does Susie plan her revenge for two years before she shoots herself? Why does she decide to kill Gwen before Gwen even comes into the picture? Why does Susie want to kill her father? Why does... Susie decide to just lock the rest of the team in the hub as part of her revenge plot? Why is she taking revenge against Torchwood anyway? 
Oh yeah, and that line, the thing about gloves, sir, there's usually two of them, is just as Stu Bagford would say, setting it up and saving it for later. I'm not sure what to rate this. Five Susie Costellos out of ten, perhaps? See ya. Sammy, not impressed. Not impressed, no, and as much as I like this episode, she does raise a lot of good questions. So, Sammy, I... Yeah, I did enjoy this one, but I do get what you mean. There's a lot of, um, that's kind of what I was saying about you have to sort of suspend belief. There is a lot of bits in this you think, but how did she know that would happen? And how, why would she do that? And yeah, it does kind of fall apart when you mm. think too much about it. So good question, Sammy. I do agree with you. Yes. Thank you very much, Sammy. Uh, mm. And let's move over to Matt Steele. Hi, Garen Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys are well. Had a, had a good Easter holidays. Um, so, Torchwood, they keep killing Susie. Uh, on the whole, I thought this was a really good episode. I thought um, Indira Varma, I think I'm saying that right, was really good as, as, as Susie. Um, her performance was uh, uh, captivating at times, making you sort of almost believe that she might have changed from her old ways. Um, the head wound effect on the back of Susie's head, what I thought was... Uh, was really good um and the the makeup for sort of dead susie is was turned out to be quite believable um i like how you can see the life grinning out of Dren, uh, gwen's face over the over the episode um thought that was done quite well and uh on the whole the main characters were were all pretty good although yanto's still a bit of a wet lettuce um <laughs> i thought gwen particularly stood out in this as a good character uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. Hope you guys have a good week. Cheers. 7.5. Awesome. Cheers, Matt. Do, 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 do. Steel. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, our new uh, regular reviewer, it seems. Popping yes. over a review uh, each good week. Good man. Uh, uh, thank you, guys. Really appreciate the time uh, for you to, to stop what you're doing and record those. It's very, very cool. Uh, so what did Sammy give it a six or a five? Is it five? Five or six, five. I think she was said. Yeah, she yeah. was in between. A seven point five from Matt. Interesting. Uh, we had um, just a few uh, reviews in over on social, over on Twitter. Uh, Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says uh, I quite like this one. Um, Indira Verma gives a great performance alongside Eve Miles. It's nothing special, but from here on in, Torchwood starts to really pick up. Ah, good. Uh, good. Overall, <laughs> another good episode, but there is so much better to come. Yes. Glad you said that, Jordan. Uh, at Hoovenier, uh, Jack Hoovenier says, uh, it's great to get Susie to have an episode, especially considering that she died in episode one, but it's also interesting to see how different the views of the team are compared to how they viewed her in episode one. Mm. Eight out of ten. All good. And lastly, uh, Sarah Louise back at the running Hoovian uh, says, uh, you recall I watched this instead of Greeks bearing gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was our... Keep rubbing it in, Sarah. Go on. <laughs> that was our little booby, wasn't it, a few weeks, uh, last month. Uh, so, from memory, she says, it was an interesting concept. Uh, Gwen getting weaker as Susie grew stronger and her resurrection being planned months before her death was brilliant. Uh, the head wound was rather gruesome, though. A mm. seven out of ten. Seven. 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 Uh, and that was it. We didn't have anyone over on Facebook. No, that's unusual. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much, guys, for seeing in your reviews and thoughts. Very much appreciated. Next week, it's back to modern Doctor Who. What have we got next week, bud? So next week, yeah, we've got those silver Cybermen 
coming to visit. So we're going to be reviewing Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. The two-parter with the... The two-parter, yeah. From the 10th Doctor. What is this series? Two, three? Uh, Who's the companion? It's Rose, isn't it? Must be two. Blimey, is this series two? Must be. Wow. Gosh, it must be. Yeah, yeah, it must be, yeah. Actually, that's good, because I don't revisit series two that often, so... Yeah. I think so. It must be. Yeah, series two. Yes. It's got rose in it, so it must be, yeah. Yes. Cool. So, yes, that's what we're doing next week. Yeah, so we're going to do both parts. So get your DVDs and your Blu-rays out. So we're yeah. going to do um, both, yeah, so Rise of the Cybermen and The Age of Steel together. That's all, all those air balloony things, what are they called? Zeppelin? The is Zeppelins, it? No? yeah. Is yeah. it Zeppelin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's got, uh, what's his name? Trigger. From Only Falls, isn't it? Roger LePac, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> uh, right, I think we'll do there, buddy, for 229. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us through episode 229. We are fully aware that it is quiet out there at the moment. It's like a, a wasteland <laughs> of Doctor Who stuff. Just little little blinky bits here and there. We have to be like magpies. If we see something, we're on it. And um, yeah, we try and report as best as we can on Doctor Who news and merch and stuff. But a good thing is that each week there are some multiple bits of merch going through. Uh, which is really good. We're just light on the old news front, as expected, but it's great that you guys are sticking with us, so thank you so much. Next week, the 10th Doctor Story Series 2, Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. We'll be asking for your thoughts on that, so get that watched. In the meantime, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there, and there's also buttons to link off to the various podcast networks, so you can subscribe, so you don't miss a show when it goes out on a Friday. Uh, the biggest one for us is iTunes. If you could give us a rating and a review, that would be awesome because it really helps. Uh, also, check out our social channels on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can join in the conversation there. Uh, remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube, The Geek's Handbag. Yes, Geek's Handbag, yes. Lots of videos going up in the minute. Can have a look. It's awesome. Just do a search for The Geek's Handbag, give him a sub and all that stuff. Uh, and he's also on all the social media uh, channels under the same name, The Geek's Handbag indeed so just go over and just drop <laughs> likes and subs on everything that's all you need to do yeah. <laughs> until next week for 230 my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember hey <laughs> hey